Hey, thanks for listening to the NIL Show, a Campus Inc. production. You can catch us on YouTube, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and on a campus near you. If you're out there interested in being a guest or having an NIL store for your campus merch, find us on any social channel or email. Send it. All right, three, two, one, one, two, three. What's up, everybody? How is it going? It is early January. I'm Adam. There's Steven. That's Sean over there. That means this is another episode of the NIL show. Same show, same hosts, new year. Happy 2024, fellas. How are we feeling about the new year? We're feeling great. Feeling good. Any any uh any super fun New Year's sellies? I saw you were eating sushi, Steven. Was I, that I all was you eating sushi. It was not all you can eat, but it was sushi. And <laughs> uh it was delicious. Uh how about you guys? Yeah, it was good. You know, it was great New Year's. It was great New Year's. Uh, it's always a little different for me because my wife, Cassidy, her birthday is on New Year's Eve. So uh, we tend to have a little bit extra celebration this year. We uh, Steven did his fancy sushi night. We had all-you-can-eat sushi at noon uh, on that day, but it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great day. We, we That's devoured. a bold move, all-you-can-eat sushi at noon, because that means you're pretty much laid up for the rest of the day. Yeah, that was pretty much how it was. <laughs> Sean, what time what time did you guys did you make it? Like was it a noon to midnight? Was it a 12-hour thing? How'd it go? So the way it worked was we we ended up we just had a revolving door in and out of people who could come through and say hello and say happy birthday and then move on to their new year's plans whatever they wanted to do and uh yeah, for for me Cassidy and her mom and one other friend, we were there the entire time. It was a long day. But it was uh, it was a good day. Got to see a lot of good people. What'd you do, Adam? Oh, you know, New Year's with a two year old is a little bit. You guys have much more exciting New Year's plans. I was <laughs> in bed by probably nine, maybe nine thirty, if I was pushing it. Um, woke up to you know you're in bed early when <clears throat> you um, miss all of your East Coast friends texting you happy new year uh, I, 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 I was long gone yeah i was long gone at that point so we we had gone out um for the week in between and seen some family in in southern california so chicago, new year's eve was a travel uh, day chicago went off on the fireworks dude yeah I, I guess every bridge down on the river uh did you see it steven you live down that way i heard it um <laughs> i didn't see it uh um, that's but, enough with the fireworks guys yeah um, this is the most old man open to a podcast ever. Hey man, <laughs> annoyed at the fire, the the sounds of the fireworks <laughs> going Cal, to bed early. <laughs> Cal didn't wake up at midnight asking for a bottle. Like, yo, yo, no. pops, why are you asleep? I know he's like, give me the bottle service. Let's let's do this, Dad. Yeah. Um, no, fortunately, <laughs> we're we're well past that. But it was it was good. I you know we we got an exciting year ahead of us. Twenty twenty three was exciting. That's what we want to kind of talk through riff on a little bit today um but we also have some exciting things about uh about 2024 let's let's actually let's not go in chronological order let's kind of jump around here a little bit let's let's talk the news of the day it is bowl season um sugar bowl and the rose bowl were both marquee games um what i mean sean you had to stay up well into the evening for the sugar bowl I, I was going to ask that on that on the on the topic of old men. How did you guys did you guys make it up? Did you stay? No. Did you stay all the way? Absolutely not. No, I don't okay. know. Who? <laughs> I asked Carson. I was like, "This game's in New Orleans, right?" 
Why is it so late? <laughs> yeah. We all just stayed up super late. Why? Who? Well, they, you know, they, they had to, they had to time it for the ending of, of the Rose Bowl so they could get that solid, you know, six and a half hours of, of, uh, of ratings time right there. But and it worked, the man, because they both were great games. They both were great games. They, they, they were good. I, the, the combo of New Year's Eve the night before and then the next day also staying up well past midnight for the Washington-Texas game, combined with also you're going back to work for a lot of people for the first time in you know, a few days because you're on holiday break. That was a rough combo. Yesterday was a rough morning for me. Uh, definitely stayed up. Uh, we we had some good merch that we dropped with Washington advancing to uh, the national championship game. So we had to make sure we got that merch out to the good people of Washington and, and all those Husky fans. Um, so, yeah, lots to celebrate there. But uh, holy crap, at the end of that game, it they almost blew it. It was insane. We have a running back named Dylan Johnson, who's one of the guys that signed with us, who's just been a beast this year. Touchdown machine. If they're at the goal line, like that dude is scoring. Uh, they're running out the clock at the end of the game, and Dylan Johnson um, goes down with an injury, which stops the stops clock. Stops the clock. If, if he doesn't go down with an injury there, they're game literally going to kneel the ball, and it's over. But instead, it stopped the clock. They had to punt the ball to Texas, and then Texas drives down the field. Little secret here. They were up by, I don't know, the game was over. I made the products live on the website because I was like, all right, this thing is oh over, boy. whatever. And then I was oh like, boy. oh, I'm going to draft these real quick, just in <laughs> yeah. case somebody screenshots this and we yeah. look really bad. So. And, and so, Sean, can you talk – so, Sean beautifully did this during March Madness last year with, what, 20-some teams, you know, one shirt's on, one shirt's off. Like, can you walk us through what you're doing during that game? And maybe this is this is maybe a highlight of what you did last year in March Madness. Because I don't know if, yeah, a little if bit. everyone really gets it uh, as much as you do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I we what we know from the marketing side is is look, and this is pretty simple stuff. But uh, you're never going to have more eyes than you do during postseason during a postseason game. And so, uh, on our social media accounts, obviously, we want to be tweeting up a storm. We want to be posting up a storm. Uh, understanding people are paying attention. This is a new opportunity for us to grab new people, get their attention, show them what we're about. I operate uh, totally under the, the assumption that people have never heard of us before. Um, and so how can we continue to educate them on who we are, what we do, how we help their athletes and how they can help support them. And so that's our opportunity there uh, that we have with Washington. And we, uh, we have some, some pretty awesome hot market merch through our partners at Retro Brand uh, that we have available. Literally when that whistle blows or maybe a couple seconds before, um, we have that ready to, ready to rock and roll so that fans can snatch that up real quick because they're super excited about their team advancing. Well, and, and everything is if win, like there's no, this, this is the beautiful thing about sports. You don't know. And so like Steven was saying, this is a little bit of the behind the scenes of you have to prep everything, you know, a couple of days before for any potential outcome. And then you've got to be ready, um, to, you know, to drop that the moment that, 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 uh, that the game is over. So it's, it's a lot of prep work for hopefully <laughs> some excitement, but, but you never know. Um, and that's what's, what was exciting last year in the tournament, just watching you kind of play, playing chess, not checkers over here, baby. Um, you know, when, when 
there are big upsets like, oh, shoot, we got to pivot real quickly or we didn't anticipate this. OK, that shifts the, what the you know, the outlook of the Sweet 16 that we're predicting is going to be, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely you've got your always sunny, um, you know, kind of crazed look in your eyes with the with the board and the strings going all over the place yeah. like a like a madman. I just want to say. I really want Washington to win next week, yeah. next Monday because we <laughs> we have some heat going out if they win. We got some really good stuff that I'm yeah. that I'm excited about. Chili's Chili's been in the lab. Uh, that purple and gold lighting behind Steven immediately reminded me of what Chili's got cooking up. So very much. On point. Up. Let's go Huskies. Let's go dogs. Let's uh, get a dub. Can, can you me- guys explain real quickly how? <clears throat> You know, you guys just drop postseason merchandise. Um, how does that help athletes? Yeah, so it, it's it's this is one of the things that's really exciting. We just announced this partnership right before the new year with with Original Retro Brand. Um, traditionally, hot market merchandise doesn't carry any nil, right? Because it it often has or well, always has. Um, uh, tournament marks, uh, bowl marks, NCAA marks, which they have taken the stance of like, look, we don't want to do any crossover with the athletes. We're going to protect our marks. It's only going to be school marks. Um, and, and that's fine. Um, but what that means is that at the biggest moment of these athletes' careers, they have no ability to capitalize on on the probably the one shirt that all of the fans want and, and be able to leverage some of those those merchandising sales. And so what we've been able to do with some great partners in the space to say, look, you know, how can we work with collectives? How can we work with um, other partners who carry a lot of hot licenses uh, to really kind of be a matchmaker of saying, look, we can create an ecosystem where these hot market items maybe don't benefit the athlete one-to-one, as in you're buying a shirt with their name and number on the back, but can we sell those items and attribute a very similar royalty that we would give the athletes to the collective so that the collective can then turn around, pay athletes for marketing activations, pay athletes for appearances, pay athletes for signings, and still create some funds that can get routed directly to the athlete and they can benefit still from a, a, you know, a lot of their accomplishments and then the merchandise sales that come from it. So how, okay, so like talk to us about the relationship with Washington's Collective. We'll get into some trading cards, but like, you know, there's a lot of people at the table here to make this all work. And mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of work from from you, Adam, from Eric, from Tate, uh, from licensing. Like, how does it all come together? What's the position of the Collective, the school? How does that all work? Yeah, so I mean, again, we're we're all relatively familiar that where collectives sit in the ecosystem right now is um, <clears throat> really just as a, a mechanism to do the things that the schools can't do, whether that be education, whether that be marketing, whether that be um, uh, processing payments for different activations and things like that. And so uh, that's kind of like one side of it. The other side of it is you have a lot of these merchandise companies, uh, particularly in NIL, that um, oftentimes just want to say like, hey, whatever, how can we sell a T-shirt? Who cares? Just sell a T-shirt. It doesn't matter. Um, And we've kind of taken the position and I, you know, give a lot of credit to Sean, give a lot of credit to you, Stephen, of saying, yeah, that's easy just to be out there slinging T-shirts. But the whole point of the NIL store, the whole point of 
the shift in legislation is to allow the athletes to monetize from that. And so um, we had to have a lot of really good conversations with collectives and say, look, you know, there's a way where we can, um, you know, develop a partnership with you where we can say, hey, let's have, you know, some sort of reciprocal marketing going on. You can market our um, our site since that's going to benefit your athletes. We're going to be able to sell these um, hot market items or, you know, standard license items. Um, and then you're going to be able to benefit uh, from, you know, some, some additional royalties there. A lot of times collectives are, are having a hard time finding consistent funding. And so this can be a really good revenue stream for them. Um, that's, you know, semi or relatively consistent. It's not going to be, you know, the, the million dollars that they're getting from a single donor, but it can be a really good consistent revenue stream then that they can in turn, um, pay their athletes. So it, it takes the right collective who understands how kind of the ecosystem works and somebody who's creative and somebody who can um, is willing to maybe think differently about things than they've traditionally been, been approached. And Washington's collective is super cool. Montlake future shout out. Uh, yeah. And the school is super cool about it too. Right. And so it takes a lot of individuals to have what we would call, I don't know, some mental flexibility, if you mm -hmm. will. To say, uh, I know it's this is how we did it in the past, but this is a new way, and we're gonna try to make every stakeholder in the ecosystem win, right? Mm -hmm. Like the school's gonna win from their licensing, right? Um, the collectives are gonna win because they're gonna get eyeballs with T-shirts, and mm -hmm. as a result of that, the athletes are gonna win, right? We're a printing company; we want to win. We want to print a lot of shirts, mm -hmm. um, but then. You take a company like Retrobrand that has been established in the space, and it's not about us beating them out. In right. fact, it's the opposite. It's like, you guys are so good at this hot market stuff. Like We want to just use our platform to put more eyeballs on you all. And so um, it's almost like we sort of take a back seat. We put all of the players in there together, and then we're just kind of like the framework for letting it run, which... A lot of people would say, why wouldn't you just do it yourself? Like, why, why don't you just go get the license yourself? Why don't you just do it yourself? And to us, it's like, um, we don't want to do that to our friends. <laughs> right. Right. right? <laughs> well, and Steven, and, you've and worked with Retro... Sorry, Steven, you've worked with Retrobrand for a while, right? Jed has worked with Retrobrand for a while. <laughs> My business partner, who's 63 years old, printed hot market shirts with Illinois and John Hofer in 2005. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like that history goes way back when I was in grade school and it was really Jed and John and JT and Sam who are like, who've been open-minded with us to say, this is completely new and different to them, but they've been super receptive and super great to work with as well. Well, and it's, you know, you, you say this phrase a lot, Stephen, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about the approach of better together, right? You, you can't be <clears throat> perfect um, or amazing at, at everything. Um, you could be, I guess, but that's really expensive. And then you probably get into a situation that we're seeing fanatics get into right now where they're getting sued for um, anti-competitive practices saying, no, 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 <laughs> we're going to own everything and nobody can touch it. Um, was both that the one dude level. from like just one dude just suing them? <laughs> Probably. Um, you know, but, but, but the point funny. is like, this is where, this is where, you know, if, if, if 
if fans are frustrated by stuff because they can't get, and we deal with this all the time, like how how hard is it just to do the Nike jersey? Just do the Nike jersey. And I'm like, you think we wouldn't do the Nike jersey <laughs> if we could? There's somebody who owns that who doesn't want to do the Nike jersey and says, nope, that means nobody can do it. And so when you can look at the ecosystem and say, hey, we've got a better way of doing this. Um, let's Let's come together and make sure that everybody wins. Uh, you know, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Yeah. Speaking and, and, of new... Go ahead, Sean. I, I, I was going to transition. So if you if you have something to add on that, Steve, No, 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 no. I think I th- it was pretty interesting to hear insight on it, Adam. And I, I think that was super interesting. Sean, what do you got? I was just going to say, speaking of new partners and, and trying new things, where the heck do these trading cards come from, guys? Trading cards is a new, another new, really <laughs> exciting partnership we launched. Um right before the new year could you tell we had a really busy end to 2023 um but our our great partners at at honored athlete um they've built a, a a really wonderful trading card company where they take a very similar thematic approach as us where they say look there's some players in the space you know tops panini that they just cut the athletes out of everything and there's there's just no need to do that especially um at the college space so They've got a great model where they pay the athletes. Um, it's an insane amount. I think 60% uh, off of, of every sale. They do whole um, whole team packs. They do individual packs. But they've got a, a really great thematic approach. Um, they're really sharp people. We've worked with them closely at NIL Summit. And so we launched a partnership um, at the end of 2023 where you can now purchase Onnit Athlete trading cards on the nil store network which is really exciting so the first one we launched with uh of course was university of washington so go get your trading cards um on on the washington nil store but um but yeah it's just another good example of look they're doing something great steven do you really want to get into trading cards stick to (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts he said no (laughs) yeah it's 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 a a, hard market it's a hard market man but they're doing it so well so it's it's again how do we work together um, and make sure the fans win, make sure we win, make sure on an athlete wins, and then make sure the student athletes win as well. So I learned a little bit about trading cards, you know, quite frankly, as a kid, I, I didn't collect sports cards, probably more like Pokemon cards, right? Um, <laughs> but oh, yeah. uh, uh, I got my nephew his first set of football playing cards for Christmas, and he's five. And now he's got every player on the Raiders memorized. He's got his little <laughs> flip book. Um, his dad's getting into it like more than he is. Um, and I didn't realize how rabid fans were about trading cards. I, I, mm. I, I, I don't know. I thought that I, I thought NFTs killed trading cards. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but what I learned was, um, you know. Like we'll just say it like tops is the kind of unicorn in the space for trading cards. Mm-hmm. And um, there's other companies like Panini out there and some other big ones and they will pay um, for exclusive rights to a player or to a school to control the flow of trading cards into the market. Right. And so what I learned was, um, you know, a company could, could pay a school for exclusivity, maybe cut them up, check, whatever, whatever it is. Say, I want all the rights to this school, but they never have to produce a single card. And so it benefits the school, but the athlete 
hmm. just they're kind of like boxed out of it. Am I am I saying this right, Adam? In the way no, that you, okay. you're a hundred percent saying it right. And so, so what what that means is that Stephen, if I wanted to go buy Alabama football trading cards, is it a, if Tops has the Alabama trading card license? Can I for sure go buy those cards? No, because they might not exist, right? So who decides that? I think Tops does, right? Because they get to control the flow in the market for paying for exclusivity, right? So does the athlete then get This is crazy. Does does the athlete So if if they're paying for exclusivity for that channel, does the athlete get paid then from that exclusive you know, I, whatever payment that they're giving the school? I don't believe so. I believe the school does. That's insane. Unless Tops has a one to one agreement with a player, right? But so on one side, I understand the concept because if you over flood and saturate the market, nothing's a collectible anymore. Right. Right. So, you know, where's that balance where you want to create exclusivity, you want to create, you know, scarcity, you want something to be rare, you don't want it to be easily accessible, but you also want it to be equitable. Right. right. Well, I, I think back to like, you know, my dad collected baseball cards like a banshee when he was a kid. And we still have like shoeboxes and shoeboxes and shoeboxes of them. Um, and like, this is the this is the crazy thing about, you know, that kind of scarcity piece of it. You didn't have a team that just straight up didn't have trading cards, right? Like, you, you didn't have the Dodgers where you're just like, oh, yeah, they just, you know, you just can't get them. But the scarcity came from maybe the type of card or or the player themselves right like okay there's only going to be you know a couple Bo Jacksons that are out there in the market or there's only going to be you know one Honus Wagner rookie card or whatever um but but that that's insane to me that it's just like yeah we're just not going to sell them but also nobody else can sell them and it, and it makes sense in professional sports when that's through your players association or collectively bargained yes. for and all that. And so I think where Onnit is coming in is is they are going and spending time educating schools and creating mm -hmm. almost this new white space for team packs is what it sounds like. Um, yeah. And they're actually getting signatures. They're actually rev sharing in real time. Um, and I don't know. Do you think Tops looks at it and is pissed off about it, or do you think they're like, "Yeah, that's fine"? Like, we're, like, how, how do you think? How do you think they look at it without asking them, Tops, if you're out there listening? Love to yeah, yeah. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. I, I would imagine, just based on what I've seen them do in the space in other areas, that they're not pleased by it. I, I think they have a pretty uh, strong position of saying, "No, we want to control." every every part of it and that means if we decide not to put it out in the market then that's our choice because we don't want it in the market um but i i think as fans kind of i don't know get a get a bigger voice maybe as athletes get a bigger voice i don't think that that stance is going to be able to last very long i think do that's where you're getting into the antitrust stuff do you but do you think tops is more worried about panini than they are college nil trading cards yes 100 percent um i think for for companies like tops and panini i mean you can just look at the 
the revenue that's generated by them. I think every time you look at the comparison of college to pros, pros is a significantly bigger market. Um, and I think the college stuff in comparison is, is more of just a sweetener, you know, small percentages based on, uh, on direct comparison. So I think they're, they're probably focused more on their competitors in the pro space than they are in the college space, which, you know, then begs another question. Why are, why are you buying rights to cards and putting them on the shelf um, and just not making them available to fans? So, yeah, I, I feel like on it solving a problem. And if, you know, I were one of those bigger companies, that's like a Titanic or something. I'd be like, okay, they're, they're handling that. They're doing a fine job. They're never going to be as big as us, um, mm -hmm. but they're solving a problem in the space. So I wonder if there's good competition. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. We probably should uh, have, have Chad and Rob and the Onyx guys on here to chat and riff on it a little bit. Because like, um, they're like pretty open term. about it, we got we got to coin that term "coopetition." I like that. <laughs> keep your keep keep them close. The, uh, the the trading card space is insane to me. I I, I yeah, we got to have those guys on because what about five minutes in? I'm I'm really quickly out of my depth on uh, <laughs> collectibles and trading <laughs> cards and things like that. It's an insane market. I do think the coolest part about those trading cards, though, is and and Stephen, you sparked this for me when you were talking about your five year old nephew. And he's pulling cards and now he's memorizing those players and now Ripping they're embedded packs. in his head. We all remember those players that we first learned of when we were five or six years old, just like we remember our first ever jersey that we wore. Like my first mm -hmm. ever jersey was a John Elway Denver Broncos jersey. And I will always remember that. Um, and so when you can fill that space, whether it's from merch, whether it's from trading cards and really have an impact from a young age, um, that's really, really cool to, to play a part in. So keep a lookout. Uh, we're going to have a lot more trading cards dropping through on it uh, across a lot more of our, st our stores. So as we turn the page, we'll, we'll talk 2024 in a bit. Um, it's officially basketball season, which is going to be wild because our footprint has multiplied. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do want to spend a couple of minutes reflecting on 2023 just to get some of the quick hits and highlights from each of you. Um, Sean, favorite moment from 2023. What do you got? Yeah, we had we had a ton of really awesome moments. I I think for me it was just last year's March Madness run. Um, I think I I really I think back to the year prior to that when we only had Illinois. Um, they were our first school, and I remember being at the pop up store in downtown Chicago. Uh, and first Illinois was first day of work a couple of days later illinois was i think in the round of 32 um our entire nil store is banking on illinois and uh, i just i get a picture texted to my phone and it's <laughs> the back of you steven literally sitting isolated in a folding chair staring at the tv watching that illinois game in despair as they lost um fast forward one year later and we had 20 teams in the NCAA tournament. I can't even remember now because it, it was just, it was so incredible, but we were able to build an entire marketing machine around that, that March Madness run last year to the point where Abby Kelly built an entire bracket on the wall in our office. Um, and we ended up with, uh, we ended up with four final four teams across our men's and women's teams. Uh, and, and we had a national champion with, with UConn men's basketball. Uh, and then shortly after we launched LSU, maybe a week after for, for the women's basketball team. And mm -hmm. so uh, that, that to me, it, it gets me, we're already starting to plan. Like we have a planning meeting scheduled for this week for this year's market. Yeah. We're so excited. And just, just to kind of, I don't know, 
iterate a bit on what you were talking about, Sean. March Madness, I'm not going to steal your, your favorite moment from 2023, but I just want people to understand that like there's a lot of companies that have multiple schools licenses, right? Um, there's a lot of companies that are like, oh yeah, cool. There's a bunch of people in the tournament and like we've got shirts up for sale. What we do is very different from, uh, we're not just like, oh, we've got stuff up for sale. Let's push paid ads out. Oh, looks like Michigan State advanced to the Sweet 16. Okay, um, make sure we just push an ad out for the Michigan State shirts we already have up. It's it's very different where we are taking a, a hyper proactive approach of trying to watch as many games as we, we can and actually put stuff out there that celebrates moments, that gives um, uh, fans an opportunity to to basically have those moments, that emotion of their team going through the tournament live on, you know, forever through merchandise, but also, you know, kind of immortalize some of those moments for the athletes themselves and work with them to say, hey, you hit a buzzer beater. Awesome. Let's immortalize that for you. Hey, you know, you advance for the first time in school history to the final four. Great. Let's do something for you. Like doing a lot more than just saying, oh, shirts are for sale. Market it out. We really want to create that fan connection to that moment in the tournament. And that's way harder, but is way worth it. Adam, what's your favorite moment from 2023? Um, there were a lot of a lot of moments, of course. I, I don't know if my favorite thing from 2023 is a moment as much as it is more of just like a general accomplishment. I think when we look back at 2023, it was the year of hiring. And we've talked about this a little bit internally. And and I think my favorite thing, I've told this to my wife, I've told this, you know, to my parents when they ask about how work is going and things like that. My my favorite thing is that we built a great team this last year, which is exciting, but it's so I'm just so grateful to watch people from the industry that I trust and respect look at look at what we're doing and not just say, hey, good for you guys, but say, ooh, can I join? And that is is really, really cool. I'm getting chills now just even even saying that. Mm -hmm. It's it's it was awesome to see in 2023 the amount of of just I mean, there's no better way to put it. People that I trust and respect in the industry come on board and it just makes me so excited for 2024. Um, you know, the, the vision that we have, where we're going, the momentum and, and the team that we have in place. Um, it's, it's really exciting. How about you, Steven? I'm trying to, I'm trying, I want to be, I want to be specific cause I, there could be so many of them. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a couple personally, uh, and I don't, I have my hand in everything, but a lot of times I'm kind of watching, right? Like when I get too close to things, they're like, yo, back off a little bit. We got this, <laughs> right? And so I, I try not to, you know, put my hand in the cookie jar too much. Uh, but my favorite personal moment was Big Ten Championship um, when we were mm. activating with the Big Ten in real time. And that was uh, Steven in his element, like rare, <laughs> rare Steven sighting of like, we're going to do something a little psycho the next three days and everyone just watch out. <laughs> Here I come. Um, and that is where I kind of let my creative, like that's fun for me. That's, that's me in, in a, in a fun rare element. You know, when I got, when we got to build the Illini store, you yeah. know, uh, Hey team, we're going to be open in seven days. We just got the keys today. Here we go. Let's do it. Um, that's where my, 
like that's where I thrive. I have that's play for me. That's so much fun for me. You can only do those so many times before it drains the shit out of everyone else around you. <laughs> and so I was excited that we were able to pull that off um, for the tournament. And it was cool because Chili was brand new. He was like a month in, mm-hmm. 21 years old. And I'm like, come on, Skipper, we're doing this together. <laughs> <laughs> like, get designing. He's designing every single night. And I was pushing him, pushing him hard uh, to a limit. And uh, that was really, really cool. Um, so that, that was probably one of my personal favorites. Um, another one was watching um, some of our employees, these like light bulbs go off. Um, where someone like you know our account manager Purdue Sarah Hoffman, she's like I- I'm a Purdue fan now. I, I freaking love Purdue. Like, mm-hmm. and you know when Alexis's team won at was it LSU, Florida State first, soccer, Florida State soccer, just yep. the excitement in their eyes, words, whatever. Um, it's cool. You know, we've printed some cool stuff for some cool people, and to me. They're sure, you know, to me, it's, it's like, I'm not terribly phased by it anymore. I have that luxury, but to them for those first time experiences, that's so cool to like pass to them and say like, here, you taste it now. Um, Mm -hmm. You get to see your stuff out there now. Um, So I I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, Third I would say Steven, sorry, just cut you off, cut you off, Steven. I, I would just say as a team, one of my favorite things about our team is we, we enjoy celebrating things like that. We, mm-hmm. uh, like you try not to forget, like, yeah, that's Alexa's first national championship. Let's make her feel really, really good about that. Right. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. That's really yeah. fun. That's your account. Um, third one was probably, uh, we recently hired a student to come on board full time, um, by the name mm-hmm. of Carter Crane, intern Carter, who interned with us for the last like four years has done every job under the sun. <laughs> um and uh with a smile on his face with a smile on his face and it is really cool for me to see i remember like his first you know first month week whatever his first summer um and i actually pushed him really hard not to work here <laughs> it's like go do other things go try this go try that go and and you know there's a point sean was very helpful in this process uh where sean came to me and said Hey, I, I think Carter really wants to work here. I said, no, I want, I want him to go to like, I want him to go, you know, work at Supreme or Kith or Under Armour or whatever. And I just, you know, Sean, you push me to talk to him. And Carter just goes, yeah, I, I this is what I want to do. And uh, I think I had him hired within like six hours, <laughs> papered everything. And that was really, really special for me because um, that, that that's our mission right there, just living itself out. Uh, so that was really, really special. So those are my, my big three for 2023. I have a, I have a bonus one that you were, that came to my mind when you were talking, um, Abby Kelly, one of our, um, marketing employees put this in the chat on Slack the other day. She was at the airport over the holidays and I can't even remember what airport or what school, but she was like traveling with her family, walking through the airport. And, uh, she's like, Hey, that's, that's our shirt. And she was able to like point hmm. out to her family in the airport, like, Hey, we did that. Uh, which is, you know, that's always fun too. When you, you can see, you know, the rest of your team be like, Oh, that's out. That's NIL out in the wild. I love it. I, uh, we were at Sean's for new year's day, darty. And, uh, one of Sean's <laughs> friends walks in with a shirt and I'm like, that's an NIL shirt. We didn't print that. And I'm just like scoping it. And I'm like, 
I almost <laughs> I didn't know him, and I almost like pulled his tag up. You're like, let me see that tag. Let me. See. I literally I was like. I know where you bought that from. And, and Sean's like, what are you going to go feel his chest right now? I'm like, no, I'm not going to feel his chest. Got to test the print out. Uh, I was like, uh, but no. And I was like, oh, ballsy. Did you do that I on said, purpose? I said, Brian, we're going to have a little chat after this uh, one. You know, I'm ballsy. inviting my CEO over. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, that's but so that's funny. funny. Um, well, any any other 2023 riffs? Man. I, you know, we, if, if you haven't looked at our social channels, um, go take a look. We did a recap of, of 2023. That's, that's another thing that I think is really awesome. I'm just so grateful for the marketing team. Sean, what you guys do is great. And, um, Abby and Paige, um, cause it's cool to see like kind of the, the quantifiable growth, um, uh, kind of put out there from fan engagement and things like that. I mean, you're seeing, uh, hundreds of percents. Uh, of engagement increase, thousands of athletes added. Uh, I think if, if you haven't gone to the NIL store Instagram and seen the, the 2023 recap, please do. It's That's another really cool thing. And we're coming across a big money milestone for athletes that I'm sure we'll be celebrating pretty soon. Yeah. So, so uh, stay March tuned. Mad- we're holding that. March Madness. Um, guns blazing. There's going to be right. some things coming out of left field. Um, what are your predictions for the new year? What do you, yeah, what do you predict for 2024? Go for it, Sean. I know you've been thinking about this a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I was just going to add on to 2023, and I think this is a continuation into 2024, is that we're going to continue to see a major movement in favor of athletes, athletes, uh, earning compensation, um, uh, you know, financially benefiting athletes. I, I think we're going to see continued movement here as uh, perspective and ideas are shifted. These long cemented ideas that a scholarship is enough for an athlete. Um, I think that people are going to continue to be awoken a little bit and be like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Those athletes would play in that bowl game if they received the cut. Wait a minute. Athletes received nothing from that. Just, just the administration. Um, so I think that that's going to continue to shift. Uh, I also think conference realignment, I think we're, there's going to be a, uh, some continued realignment there. It seems like with the ACC, there's a lot of smoke there with Florida State, yeah. some other schools, which makes me sad. Uh, Maryland was in the ACC at one point. It's an amazing conference. Um, so I, I, I don't think conference realignment is finished. So if you're old school in that way, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. What about you, Steven? Um, I think what we're going to start to see is like, you know, if you're living under a rock, you don't believe in NIL, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that should really start to go away. Right. Like the, the naysayers of, Oh, whatever, like that's almost old news now. And so I think what we're going to start to see, and we're seeing it more and more with top athletes getting commercial deals, right. Um, whether it's state farm commercial, subway commercials, you know, just, just, we're starting to see that, which is, you know, they're, they're raising it up for all their peers as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think what we're starting to see is these bigger, bigger companies are starting to take notice of it and trying to find ways to get involved, which sort of actually makes our job harder because some of them have huge dollar signs they can throw at players. And, you know, our <laughs> model is a little bit different, but overall it's a good thing to see. Um, yeah. And so I, I think I'm excited for the tournament this year 
because I'm excited to see how many athletes make the commercials. Like, what if there was a world in which every commercial during March Madness had to have an athlete in it? Hmm. That'd be like, amazing. Be a lot of money going to athletes. Like, like, yeah. If you like, what if, what if whoever CBS or whoever aired whatever is like, any commercial must have an NIL deal attached to the athlete, and it was just this potluck of advertisements and stuff like that. Um, that would be super rad. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. There's a, there's a good idea, CBS. Um, when you're listening to us, you can, you can have it. What you got, Adam? Uh, I think. I don't know if this is like a, a, a unique hot take, but I think we're going to continue to see a huge, um, a huge growth in women's college sports. I think, you know, outside of the WNBA, you know, a women's pro volleyball league is coming next year, but pretty much, you know, the college level is the de facto professional level for, for women's sports. And I think you're going to see a continued investment there. I think you're going to see a continued, um, growth there from like fan numbers engagement um which you know is awesome because i think that that the the product on field deserves that it's really competitive it's really great it's really exciting i told you this a long time ago sean i was like you just you you watch women's volleyball and it is going to take Mm -hmm. over um uh it it, it still is on the rise i think it's not done yet so i think we're going to see a huge growth of women's sports um which is is really exciting and I agree with you. The shakeup is not close to being over, whether it be conference realignment, whether it be, um, you know, the NCAA trying to figure out what do we want to do with NIL? Um, what Charlie Baker talked about, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but what Charlie Baker talked about in his proposal, I don't think is going to be the final, um, uh, the final picture, right? Like we're going to go back and forth all year. Um, so I, I, I don't think that, the shakeup of what the future of NIL and college sports looks like is anywhere close to over. So much like with the conference realignment, um, if you don't like change, uh, I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're in it. You better buckle up. It's, it's not stopping anytime soon. Guys, I have a a couple hot take questions. Will collective still exist in 2024? Will they be rolled under the university? 2024? Yes. 2025 remains to be seen. 2026 i highly doubt they will exist as they do today sean what do you think i agree i'm I'm fully uh, on board with that um yeah i don't think they're going anywhere this upcoming year though all right next question charlie baker's plan will any will we see any of it in 2024 when will we actually when do you think it comes to fruition and um there's actually something in place I go for it, Sean. I'll let you go yeah, first. This time. Again, again, for me, I don't think I don't think this year. I think it's going to be a, a drawn out process, which is a shame. Um, but I, I think there's going to be too many legal battles and all kinds of different things going on that that prevents it from happening this year. Um, it, so. Sean, if you were to predict a year, predict when it's going to get passed and like go in, go into, and then when it actually gets implemented, and it's yeah. I, I so I, I'll say twenty two. I want to say twenty twenty five. I want to be optimistic and say, look, people are going to be like, wait a minute, why are we stalling on this thing? Let's get this done. Um, so I want to be optimistic in that sense. I also know better than to be optimistic when it comes to the NCAA. <laughs> um, I also think that 
yeah, Charlie Baker, Charlie Baker's proposal was just the first proposal. There's no chance that that proposal is what it's going to end up being. It's going to yeah. get reiterated upon many, many, many times. And I think that's going to draw out the process more. I don't know. Where do you fall on it, Adam? Yeah, I, I, 2026 is my year before we actually see anything. You know, I think, again, if, if, if something happens mid-2024, everything's going to roll on the academic calendar. So if something happens mid-2025 or mid-2020, late-2024, they're not going to try to shove something um, into practice super early. So fall 2026 is my prediction before we actually see any real um, uh, like on the ground change. So I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I even think that's a little optimistic. So good predictions. All right. We'll see. I got one. All more right, everybody. Oh, I love I got it. One more. I love before it. we go, a little bonus prediction. I wore this shirt on purpose. Our national champion. This year in men's basketball, it's their time. Ooh. I'm wearing a big maple maple shirt featuring Zach Eady. I I think that there is a redemption arc here for Purdue men's basketball. Virginia had it a few years ago. They lost to the 16 seed. They didn't, they didn't fall on their woes. They came back the next year. They won the national title. This is Purdue's year. Nobody believes in Matt Painter anymore. They all think he can't win the big games in the postseason. Zach Eady and Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith and Mason Gillis, they're on a mission this year. National champions, speak it into existence, baby. Manifest it. Nothing would Maryland, make me From a Maryland alum, it is spoken. <laughs> all right. We're not making the tournament this year, so I'm all in on Purdue. You've got to pick somebody who's, who's, who you can root for all for a while. All right. We're, we're going to have well, to clip this and run it back. I, uh, I appreciate this, Adam. Yeah, you, got? You, you got the receipts. That is, that is it for us today. Uh, first episode of 2024. I love it. hope you guys stick around for the ride this year. It is going to be bumpy. It is going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a riot. So appreciate y'all. We will catch you next week. I'm Adam. There's Sean. That's Steven. This is another episode of the NIL show. Hi, everybody. Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. want to say real quickly, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any custom merchandise, youth jerseys, camp t-shirts, whatever it may be, you can always find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store. We're going to jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy.